0: Listening to the Construction Big Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here's your host, Tip Top Tim Fitch.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Construction Big Breakfast. And this week, it's me, your host, Tip Top Tim Fitch, and we've got our special guest, Trevor Turnbull. Say hi, Trevor.
0: Tim. Good to see you again, as always. It's been too long, though, right? Yeah, it's been, been, what, good. like three years since we actually met face-to-face?
1: It's At least. To we'll come back yeah. to that in a minute. Yes. <laughs> We've got Sarah Hall on. Sarah's our communications consultant, stroke leader. And uh, she's usually behind the camera, but this week she's on because uh, she's, gonna be, she's very interested in what Trevor's got to say, and I'm sure can contribute to the discussion. So... Before we get into the meat and potatoes, you know what's coming next, Trevor, because you've been well briefed. Trevor, right. what do you have for breakfast this morning?
0: All right, Tim. So I, um, I feel kind of ashamed here, but I'm just a straight up coffee in the morning kind of guy right now. That being said, though, you you forewarned me about this question, and since it was Cyber Monday recently, I went and bought a Vitamix blender. And I will be having green smoothies every single day for the rest of my life.
2: I when you spend that kind of money
0: on a blender, you eat green smoothies first thing in the morning. So, yeah.
1: Well, I think this is episode about 40. No one's ever admitted to having a green smoothie before, Trevor. So you're right you up. Know.
0: Yeah. Now I have to follow through. So I'll make sure that I let you know that I'm actually drinking these green smoothies in the morning. But that is the intention. That is the intention.
2: We want to see you glowing next time you're on the podcast. That's right.
0: <laughs> yes. I'll just take a picture. I'll take a picture yeah. and I'll send it to you guys through LinkedIn.
1: Yeah. But Sarah, what, what about you? What did you have today? Uh,
2: maple syrup and pancakes.
1: Oh, my dad dropped them off.
2: Yeah, actually, my dad, my dad dropped off um, a big, huge bag of pancake mix and a raspberry maple syrup, which I've never tried before and I'm not sure about very sweet sweet. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was my first time having uh maple syrup since i got back to canada two weeks ago so
0: yeah i was gonna say it's a very canadian of you
2: and very decadent breakfast but my dad was being ultimate canadian when he dropped it off so
1: (laughs) i must explain to our viewers you probably see behind me it is dark So I'm sat in the outskirts of London and it is 20 past five in the afternoon. Uh, Obviously we're filming this in December, so it's pitch black. Sarah and Trevor are in British Columbia uh, on the other side, far side of Canada. So there's an eight hour time difference. So they've just had their breakfast. (laughs) I'm I'm looking forward to my dinner. Still, still having my breakfast right here.
2: This now, is my second I, breakfast is the
1: coffee <laughs> the, the other the other thing to say is today was the first day of the end of the second lockdown in the uk so i got up extra early got my gym kit on got in my little uh, car and drove to my local gym i was there at 25 past six because i had an email from them yesterday to say uh, we're open, so welcome back. So I thought, great, I'll be there. It's a twenty-four hour gym. Got there at three or five past six. All locked up, totally deserted. <laughs> I rang the doorbell. Got through to the security guard. He said, "Read the email." I did read the email, and it said we're open tomorrow. And then it says there's a little little letters said, "Click this link for further details." And of course, uh. it said we're open at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Your first time
1: back at the gym and they don't even let you in. <laughs> exactly. So I was a little bit excited, but I, I came back and then had my breakfast and I'm ashamed to say it was just toast. I had one piece with marmalade and one with uh, marmalade and really good coffee.
0: There you go. Anyway. Well, you're building the new habits again. That's actually kind of in line with what we'll talk about here today too. No, so.
1: Right. Getting back in the gym is important. So first of all, let's just turn the clock back trevor yeah was it that we actually met virtually initially can you remember
0: virtually when we before we started working together it's got to be at least four years ago maybe even five could be but that was back in the early uh days of my company that was created off the back of a, a speaking gig that i did Um, It was across Canada speaking to her, talking to financial advisors at the time about LinkedIn. And then I built a LinkedIn lead generation company. And essentially, that's kind of where we um, first met. I can't remember exactly how it happened, but I know you were one of our first clients.
1: I'll tell you how it happened. Somehow or other, I came across Lewis Howes.
0: Mm.
1: And then that migrated. You came up with a new super duper offering. I signed up for it. And you were teamed up. Who was that lady you were teamed Well, the, the lady you were Nicola. teamed up? That's Nicola. Nicola. Right. Yep. Now, weirdly, yeah, we did, I did that um, course, your video, right. course, And then there was some coaching. So yeah. I got to know Nicola. And the weird thing was her parents lived around the corner from me.
0: I know, right? And she and, lived in Vancouver. And yeah. of course, she- there's a connection here. There's a yeah. There's a London Vancouver connection that yeah. continues to this day.
1: So, Sometime later, she was visiting and we met up in our local pub, you know, for a drink at lunchtime. Because, you know, well, wouldn't it? So that's how it started. Yep. But we actually physically met in Vancouver. Yep. Uh, in 2018. And the, this, this is the story that I took my family skiing in Whistler. I've got two young children who had never been skiing. And Alice and my wife have said, well, let's take them skiing. Let's go to Whistler. Never been there. Um, and we said, we can't go all of that way and not have a few days in Vancouver. Yep. Yeah, it's sensible. So we we're in Vancouver after the skiing holiday and. On the Sunday morning, I said to Alison, take the children down to that diner down the road because we were staying in the Fairmont and. Uh, I'll meet you at the Science Museum at 11. Now, I won't repeat on it exactly what she said, but it was an explanation. Not
2: impressed.
1: What are you going to be doing? What are you going to be doing? I said, I'm going to have a meeting. She said, "Who don't know anyone in Vancouver. You've never been here before. And I said, well, I've got a meeting. And not only that, you know who it is. Here you go. I "I don't know anyone in Vancouver. I said, it's Trevor Turnbull. She said, that bloke off LinkedIn. (laughs) Anyway. She took the children out and I remember we we had this conversation, which we videoed because the whole point of the meeting was to do a video testimonial for you because yep. uh, yep. we, we'd had great success with the system that you developed as was because obviously is going back in time five or six years now. Yep. And uh, I remember <laughs> we were video, videoing this um, video testimonial, it was a conversation a bit like this, in the coffee shop underneath the Fairmont, and bizarre it was British themed, do you remember? It was all tight (laughs) on those old red phone boxes.
0: Yep, yep, everywhere, it felt like we just kind of time warped back to your home (laughs) in the (laughs) middle of Vancouver.
1: (laughs) We did this conversation saying how wonderful Trevor's system was, and we'd had great success with it. And then you're packing up. And you you asked me casually, well, what's making what, what are you doing now? And I said, Well, we're doing these R and D tax credits in the UK. And you said, oh, we've got something like that in Canada. We call it shred. Yep. I said, Really? Yeah, you said we don't spell it like that. It's S-R and E D. So I wrote that on yep. an app. Anyway, cut a very long story short. That's why we've now got a business in Canada. That's why we yeah, share's here. We've just got two other employees in Canada. It's all down to you. Yeah, uh, that throwaway comment at the end of that uh, video testimonial. Anyway, that that's an illustration. We met online. We have met physically um, and Trevor. Well, obviously through design, but also inadvertently has uh, generated massive value for me and Invent and really this this was really i want our listeners to hear what the latest is trevor so i mean start the start i mean linkedin was where how i came across you and the the sort of path into your world yeah what, you know,
2: really really quickly trevor this is actually quite fine funny because of the irony with the shred so my mom actually worked for the CRA for the last thirty six years, and she was part of the team that developed Shred in Canada. Oh wow! And i yeah. had never even heard of it until I moved to London and started working for Tim. Yeah. <laughs> and so the irony is just bizarre with the whole Shred. Um, so my mom, when I told her that, she was very excited because that's yeah, yeah. that's um, crazy, crazy.
1: Yeah. This, this is the All thing. World. We never knew either Sarah or I about that connection with the CRA no. until she been working with us for a few months.
2: A few months. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah. Wow. It, I mean, it's one of those jaw dropping. <laughs> <Okay, months>.
2: Wow. <laughs> um,
0: well, <clears throat> this is, um, there's so many, you know, ironies or, you know, you whatever you it. want to call it. Yeah. Car- karma uh, instances that are happening here, but it's kind of, essentially kind of like what I've ultimately built my business around in a, in a weird kind of way. You know, you, you talked about us meeting up and having an intention for that, um, Tim and just a random, you know, mention of this thing. Cause at the time it was something that I was literally looking at myself. I was like somebody, some consultant had come to me and said, Hey, have you ever done shred? And I'm like, what is shred? Right? So actually start looking into it. And then one thing after another, you kind of pull these pieces together and ultimately, uh, I'll just show if, if if people can see this on the screen, I don't know if they can or not, okay. if we're just audio only pod. OK, so we are doing video, too. Cool. So this is just a printout of the cover of this guidebook that I created. It's called the LinkedIn Lynchpin method, and I created it in March when Covid hit. And exactly how it sounds, it's basically uh, built off the premise of Seth Godin's book Lynchpin, which is Are You Indispensable is essentially the subtitle of that book. But it really kind of revolves around the idea of how can you become the linchpin to your client's future success? And that's just one example of that, of like just mentioning something in a conversation where we meet face to face that then leads to this chain of events that brings us to this point and, you know, massive success revenue wise and all kinds of relationships built along the way. So right. this is just such a perfect example of it in real life, right? Right. Um, And obviously, the big elephant in the room is is that we we couldn't even do what we did then right now if we wanted to. Well, we kind of could. I could show up at that gym with you in the morning at seven. We could have had coffee and and breakfast this morning before your gym opened up, Tim. I guess, but you know, it's still a little bit taboo and a little bit um, you know risky. Quite honestly, people are going to be cautious about meeting face to face. Yeah, yeah, going to conferences and everything else. So there's got to be a way to keep building that personal connection uh this is what i was thinking to myself back in march i was like okay there's a big shift happening you know i could i could kind of you could see it coming right it was kind of a slow build and then eventually it was like lockdown and everybody's like oh my lord i need to figure out how to set up a desk in my bedroom how am i going to do this right and we yeah yeah, and it's just kind of snowballed from there and it's starting to become the new normal but at the same time there's still a lot of um just uneasiness about it people are noticing that the referrals are drying up what they used to do to connect with their network and generate opportunities just from word of mouth is just it's slowly going down and it's just going to keep going that way unless you find a way to stay in touch with your network virtually like we're doing here right this is a great example of it
1: yes I mean I'll pick up on that Precisely because uh, I'll use our own example. Uh, Pre-COVID, so anything before the 13th of March in London, for me, that is. Although we were, as obviously we've discussed, we were not behind the curve, I don't think, in terms of what we did with social media. But we did most of our business came from... Let's say, yeah, traditional networking type activities. So live events of one sort or another, whether that be a breakfast roundtable briefing. Going to an awards dinner, presenting at an awards dinner, the the cocktail circuit, whatever it was, we did it. We did lots of I used to do face to face breakfast. That's the thing. That's why this podcast is Destruction Big Breakfast, because it was playing to the theme.
0: That's your brand.
1: Ooh, That's the thing I always
0: look forward to see. What's Tim having for breakfast today?
1: Breakfast. But I always <laughs>
0: knew that the breakfast was tied to a meeting. And, like, it was so obvious that that was, like, the main way yeah. that you, you know, really drummed up a lot of your business, I would imagine.
1: That's right. It was, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm not revealing anything at the secret. It was part of the sales process. You know, the person on the other side may not have realized it, but that that was part of the sales process. Yep. We've had to pivot very significantly, both on the marketing and the sales process, starting in the middle of March.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're right, if you haven't pivoted, if you haven't picked up on new or developed new systems and processes, you're going to be really struggling now because you know this is uh, eight months later, and yeah, you're you must have run out of the leads by now. You must,
0: yeah, have. Yeah. Certain- yeah, I did. I Oh, no, there's no doubt. I did a webinar on this topic a couple of weeks ago and just talked about the problem of what people are doing right now or the lack thereof of what they're doing to kind of replicate what they had before, which was exactly what you just described. And unfortunately, most people have been sitting back and waiting for the phone to ring, right? Number one, (laughs) they're just like, well, maybe the leads will just keep coming in. Maybe those referrals will keep coming in and they just literally dry up. Um, and then secondly, is that people are always looking for a hack. How can I hack my way into this? You know, what's that? Maybe I could just throw some money at ads <laughs> to get my brand
2: yeah. <laughs> in
0: front of people. So that's uh, that's been one of the major things that I've had to educate on recently is like why obviously those things don't work and how we can mirror the live networking experience as much as possible and the importance of video like not only video calls like this and interviews and podcasts and whatnot, but even using tools to just send a video message to somebody in the same way that you would interact with somebody. If you walked into a networking event and went up to the coffee bar and introduced yourself, how would okay. you do it? You know? And that's, that's usually the starting points of grounding people in the idea of, Oh, so if I use video, it doesn't mean that I have to pitch them something in a video. Like I gotta actually like build rapport and, Treat yeah, it like a the, like a human relationship.
2: Yeah, the attraction marketing side. You know, they've recently yeah. introduced LinkedIn Stories, and li- uh, we've been using it on Instagram forever. Um, yeah, and, and Facebook. But how are you finding LinkedIn Stories um, being used?
0: Yeah, I so I, I saw know. it. Yeah, I saw it too. And um, you know, naturally, anytime you see something new on LinkedIn, LinkedIn's notorious of, of being horrible at notifying people of their updates. They don't tell people. Terrible. <laughs> But that one was obvious because it just showed up right on the app, right? So I was like, oh, interesting. And I remember I recorded a video. It was late at night, and I was like, hey, doing my first story. We'll see how this thing goes. Haven't touched it since.
2: Yeah, I Haven't touched it since. We posted, like, two things and didn't get any real views, so I haven't really used it again since. But yeah, it works really well on Instagram, and I'm wondering how it's going to transition onto LinkedIn if people are going to actually use it for that.
0: It remains to be seen, but it feels like – The audience on LinkedIn, I believe, is just so different than the one that's on Instagram and Facebook and everything else. Um, And I always, you know, we kind of all live in our own bubbles of, of what we believe reality is. But I know for me, you know, when I started... When I started in social media, I was literally like my business was like understanding social media and teaching people and stuff. And I remember when Instagram came out, I I stopped trying to keep up with all the tech and I've never even got on Instagram (laughs) because I looked at it and I was like, okay, do I want to spend all day doing social media or do I want to actually do what I've always done, which is, you know, I've always been in sales and relationship building and I just saw LinkedIn as a way better platform to do that. And it was different right it wasn't about sharing <laughs> it's ironic but it, it wasn't about sharing what you had for breakfast but ultimately sharing what you had for breakfast can be tied into your brand it works for you tim but in the twitter like the twitter world you know you, you think about back to like 2009 2010 and that was essentially what it was people are taking pictures of their lunch and their dinner and yeah. that was all that they, they were sharing and i think the uh, the professional world saw it as a bit of a waste of time right so that's a long answer to a short question of like, do I use stories? No. Will no. they be relevant <laughs> in the future? Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. remains to be seen. Yeah.
2: We'll see if yeah. they'll become uh, LinkedIn influencers or something off of the stories. Yeah.
1: To, yeah. To between, yeah. yeah. For but, sure. I mean, so obviously you're, 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 you are, you position yourself. You are the, a LinkedIn guru. That's how we met really all those years ago, but <laughs> As you said, the the things evolving, and yeah, ultimately you have to be adding real value to people, don't you?
0: Yeah,
1: otherwise so people soon get bored of even seeing my breakfast.
0: For sure, and you know, just to ground people back in what that means exactly. I've been, so I've been creating training and basically using the platform for the better part of like 12 years. And like the last 10 years have been trading, creating training and then offering services and then now coaching and everything else. But if you break, step back to 2003, like I have a marketing degree and went straight into a sales job. And I was taught how to sell in 2003 till like 2006 by a sales manager who threw a phone book on my desk and said, best of luck kid. (laughs) right? <laughs> so like this stuff didn't exist. I, um, I I was selling signs at the time. So it was like advertising focus. So I my language in the sales world and what I was pitching was about frequency and reach, right? So like, if you bought that billboard, and you know, 10,000 people drive by there every day, this is how many people will see it. And then they'll see it twice a day, because they go home, or they go to the office, and then they come home. So that was essentially where my brain was at. So I brought that into the the digital social world, and specifically with LinkedIn, and how you can use that—that that, uh, understanding of how people make decisions and how they're influenced along the buyer's journey, and uh, and what LinkedIn plays in that in that uh, part, right? So it's um, it's important to say that out loud, just so that people that might be listening don't think that like this is we're we're not talking social media here. We're talking yeah. about sales, right? Yeah. And we're talking about sales from the perspective of what used to work still works. People do business with people. End of story. You know, thought <laughs> drop the pen, drop the mic, whatever. People do business with people. So how do you create the connection that's required to actually turn somebody that doesn't know that you exist to get their attention, to have them believe that you have an expertise in a certain area that has proven results, and then ultimately create the chemistry that's required to have them choose you versus somebody else that offers the same thing that you do. And it doesn't matter if you're selling, you know, tax credit, uh, shred stuff, or if you're selling, um, you know, projects in the construction space or you're selling life insurance, it's all the same stuff. It's all the same. It's uh, sales is all about relationships. So, and we'll dive in, I'm sure we'll dive in deeper on that.
2: yeah. Yeah. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see professionals making on LinkedIn? in regards to that, maybe not pushing sales or pushing being too sales focused or what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people using specifically on LinkedIn?
0: The biggest one for sure is that they look at the messaging inbox like an email list and they think that they can just broadcast out to people and 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 pitch, pitch, pitch. Right. If a person looks at it differently and thinks like your network on LinkedIn is like your network circle that you would have had in the past that is your breakfast club, right? So if you go to that five a.m. breakfast every week and you meet with the same people, and the intention is to get to know each other and be able to pass referrals on, that takes time, and there has to be rapport built. There has to be a level of like what I said previously. They need to know you exist. They need to know you're good at what you do and you're reputable, and then they need to know who you are as a person and why that why they would refer you, because ultimately their reputation's on the line, right? So. It's really uh, just a switch in the way that people see the platform as like, this is not a broadcasting marketing tool. It's a networking relationship building tool. And when you look at it from that lens, you start to change the way that you use it and how you interact with people and you know how you add value to those people. Because that's, that's the amazing opportunity with LinkedIn. Um, and I can get into the details of how to go about doing that exactly. Um, I'm not sure how deep we'd want to go. Yeah, no, that,
2: that's fine. Yeah. But, and it's, it's important, too, about curating the quality of the connections and networking that you have, not just adding. I've seen pr- professionals just adding as many people as they can, but they're not your target market. So it doesn't matter how yeah. many people you have. It's really you've got to curate a, a solid network of people that you actually want to work with and sell to.
0: Yeah. There's a balance there for sure, right? Like the idea of just trying to get 30,000 connections for the sake yeah. of having the numbers is kind of like wanting to publish content on LinkedIn and then looking at the likes and thinking that that equates to dollars. Yes. It it doesn't. It like,
2: doesn't.
0: But that being said, the more exposure you have, it's kind of like the analogy I used before, yeah. which is like How'd frequency and reach, frequency and reach, right? Yeah. So you just never know. It's kind of like, you know, me and you connecting in Vancouver, Tim, we, we have a conversation. I say one thing and then one chain of events leads to the next, and you just never know where that's going to be. So where I'm getting to with that is that I hear a lot of times, especially people that are not that, that self-proclaim as like, I'm not a social media person and I don't connect with anybody that I don't meet in real life. That's a mistake. And I'll tell you why. Because number one, right now, if that's the case, you're not gonna connect with anybody unless you connect with the security guard at the gym, Tim, right? So you have to expand the possibilities of like, okay, I need to go and connect with people that I've never met in real life because I need to do this remotely now, right? And then just know that like every time you walk into a networking event, yes, your intention usually is very uh, specific of like you're meeting somebody or like you see similar people, But your goal always should be, how can I meet one new person or two new people to expand my network? You do that intentionally when you go to a live networking event. So why would you not look at it like that on LinkedIn? So just want to give a little context to that because I know that question comes up a lot. Like, should I connect with people I've never met in real life? And the answer is yes. If you see an opportunity to add value in each other's lives, even if you know that you'll never do business together, because that person might know somebody that might want to do business with you or vice That's versa. A
2: good point.
1: Yeah, I think that you're you're so right there Trevor because network effects are really what builds brands, builds businesses and if you're a brilliant physical networker, you might be out every night and you can do it. You can't do it at the moment. It's not allowed most right. places yeah. in the world and it hasn't been for a long time. Yeah. We might be seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, but it's not going to be back to normal till next summer at the earliest. but not here oh, where well, I'm in the UK. But um, yeah, So, so this idea is you've got to build a network, which means initiating some form of contact or initiating a relationship. And then there's some processes you need to go through to a, build a bit of rapport, develop that relationship, show that you're you've got some value to add. Yeah. Before you can really expect anything really great to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the the easiest way for me to explain this to people because there's a lot of pieces to this, right? Like, well, what do I do with my profile and who do I reach out to and how do I do it? Should I pay for it? Should I use the free version? Do I need content? Like there's always a million things. We break it down as simply as this, and this is why I kind of planted that seed at the start about like it's all about habits, right? So, like you're getting back into the habit of going back to the gym because now the options there, but you know, there's going to be a, a transition point here for you, even too, to like you know, build a habit to get up at a certain time of day and go to the gym and build that back into your routine. It's the same thing with how you approach LinkedIn. If every single person listening to this just made a habit. To go on LinkedIn for 15 minutes a day and connect with one person or five or whatever, you know, the limit is that you can build into your day and connect with past clients, past colleagues, past bosses, whatever. Start with the people you already know and then expand into I'm going to go connect with one person I've never met in real life before and just literally hit connect on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You start the habit of doing that every single day. And this is what we, this is what ultimately my uh, focus is in everything that I do right now is a lot of coaching around the mindset of creating routines so that you actually go and do this. Because nothing happens unless you create the routine that then has an action behind it that creates the habit. And that's just a simple example. But then when you start layering onto that, you say, okay, now, you know, you're connecting with somebody new every day. Now go and engage on somebody's content every day. And that can be as simple as just liking something or even leaving a quick comment that says, Thanks for sharing, App Mention, Tim Fitch. (laughs) You know, and that starts to be another muscle that you're building, right? And then the third one, and I'm looking actually here, I'll just pull it up. I got it stuck on my wall right now, but I created like a a checklist right here and I kept it super simple. It's like three things that you can do. but the next one is really uh start doing proactive outreach and even recording videos to connect with people and introduce yourself to people right so you build those habits and those routines and you start to see change happen it's kind of like you know how do you quit smoking well most people don't quit cold turkey they not gradually easy. kind of work their way into it you know
2: patch on yeah wean off
0: <laughs> yeah exactly we know how do how do you create a better routine for eating breakfast? Well, step one, go buy a Vitamix blender. Step two, go buy back some
2: greens. buy some <laughs>
0: vegetables. Yeah. Step yeah. three, chop it up into individual bags and throw it in the freezer so that I can dump go. it in. Like I'm already thinking it about
2: yeah. the
0: routine that needs to create the habit that then just becomes where I can come back to you guys and say, I've had a green smoothie for breakfast every day for the last year. Right. But – yeah.
2: You know, you know <laughs> on that point too, what about bad habits? Because I notice when people, I get a lot of connections, and this is about the in mail, uh, back to the in mail point we we're talking about. I get a lot yeah. of people to send me a connection, and immediately there's a sales pitch in it. And this is just for me a terrible habit because I just write that person yeah. off straight away. I think it's just the worst thing that you can do. But, or yeah. as him experiences a lot, he'll get a lot of people sending him an inbox asking him, Oh, can we do your shred claim? or your tax claim and we're like did you even look at what we do (laughs) like yeah
0: yeah yeah and that's so that comes back to one simple statement and you guys if you want to highlight this one as like your promo for this show (laughs) marketers ruin everything (laughs) because as soon as people start to catch on that like there's a way to automate things or it plug in a piece of software or if i just send enough messages saying You want to buy my stuff? You want to hop on a sales call? You want to buy my stuff? And 1% of them take you up on it, that it's a good strategy. But when everybody starts doing that, which Mm -hmm. like this has happened just in the last like year or two, is that everybody's getting more savvy. Everybody's online. You know, Zoom, for example, I know we're not using Zoom right now, but Zoom went from 5 million to 300 million users in a month, right? Yeah,
2: crazy. Yeah.
0: So... The idea of like technology being a barrier for people to start marketing and doing business remotely, it's gone. Like it's overnight. It's literally gone. But what that means is that everybody's learning the kind of stuff that I used to teach, which is, you know, play the numbers game, send enough connect requests, you know, do the outreach like you're talking about, because what you're talking about, we used to do. But then everybody and it used to work. Don't get me wrong. But then everybody started doing it and then yeah. people just started ignoring it. Yeah, yeah. They just ignore it. Right. Cause they're like, that's a script and you're trying of to sell course. me. Yeah. yeah. We it's... just met and you're trying to go in for the kiss. Like it's too early. It's too early. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have an expression for that, which I will tell you later, Trevor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not safe for the podcast.
1: <laughs>
0: You'll be censored. Yeah. Yeah, I'll,
1: uh, yeah. I'll get told off if I told you it. But the, um, <laughs> What I'm um, you're, you're quite right, there's stuff that used to work that doesn't now, people have got tired of it. Um, yeah. I think it's a good point. I think the other point around the fact the adoption of technology yeah, the mere fact that we're talking and we're I don't mean miles apart, we are a lot 7,000 miles yeah. apart. We're doing a video call, uh, there was resistance until March. Yeah, no, even if you wanted to do it, the other party wanted to be comfortable doing it as well, and yep. that's gone. Yeah. So, using our own experience, we are. Yeah, you know, I was doing it on a sales call only yesterday with a guy who was in his sixties, which isn't that much older than me, but he was. <laughs> uh, I'm absolutely certain he hadn't been doing video calls for very long. Yeah. But nowadays, he's got no choice, has he? So. No, that that is a permanent shift, no, no yeah. matter what happens now that this 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 will be the norm. Yeah.
2: Well, and it's an exciting shift, too, because the it's unlimited possibilities now instead of just being able to connect to the networking you know, drinks event. Now you can connect all over the world way easier. I like it. I think it's really well,
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah.
2: Well, but we do miss, yeah, we do miss a good night. I think not the
1: old fashioned way as well. We
2: do miss, not yeah. to scrap that entirely, because that's always, always a good idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, 100%. And that's, I think, an important distinction here too, of like how we built our business and even how we're positioning ourselves right now. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people out there that are that are saying, hey, it's never going to go back to the way that it used to. So figure out how to use the digital stuff and do everything remotely. Like I'm... I'm of a different mindset. Like I came from the world too that, you know, business was done best when you could shake a hand and look at somebody in the eye. And them, yeah. it's still like that. Like it'll always be like that. Until I guess Gen X kind of pushes beyond the, yeah, into the grave. <laughs> yeah. And everything's done digitally through, you know, holograms in a in a virtual reality. <laughs> but fortunately, I think we'll all be gone by the time that actually becomes the real the real reality <laughs> or the new AI, reality. I
2: saw, I saw yesterday there's a mirror that you can get in your house, which has a personal trainer that does an AI personal training in a mirror with you. I was wow. just like, wow, that's over the top. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, and that's, Okay, this is a slippery slope for us to go down. But imagine, like, <laughs> virtual reality where you, like, put the goggles on and you watch yourself work out, but you're not actually working out. But there's some way, chemically, that they can actually alter your body by and simply your watching muscle. yourself.
2: Like, Simulation, yeah.
0: All right, we're going down a slippery slope here. But this is the truth. Like, this is the reality. And where it breaks back to you, Tim, and this – when I – so so what happened for me when I ultimately said to my wife, "Hey, I need to go write this." Cuz I wrote this in like 4 hours in my basement, you know, home office, was my my dad invited me to Zoom. I got an invite to join Zoom and I was like, "Oh my gosh, the world is imploding here. Like what is going on? Like they've been so resistant to technology." And then that happened, and I was like, "Okay, okay. Everything just changed like in my world, it changed instantly, yeah. and I thought I need to figure out how to tell people how to make the old work with the new. And that's ultimately what the guide ended up becoming. And there's a lot of details to that, and I'm sure we'll link up how people can get it because it's you know, it's like 27 pages. And...
1: The show notes, don't worry, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But one thing yeah. you did mention a little while back was this whole idea of video messages because, yeah, we I know you. You sent me a couple the other week, which I was very intrigued by. I'll just give you a, our own take on this. We Last year it was, Sarah, uh, and we made, I mean, this is how it was an idea. The coffee? We, I made yes. a few clips of me. We used to have these little gifts that we take people when we go to a sales meeting. Yeah. And it's a little, very expensive bag, like you might get if you bought a, some uh, perfume for your wife, with a packet of invent brand coffee in it and a coffee mug and a few other bits and pieces some whiskey. Some whiskey. <laughs> and some whiskey. <laughs> and whiskey yeah and a recipe for irish coffee and what we 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 normally pass that across when we're having a sales meeting but to break the door down with a couple of people i sent them a video of me unpacking this saying when we meet you'll get one of these and this is what it looks like and yeah, you know, i'm looking forward to giving it to you Yeah, we we did that and we made it very personal. So I was talking about to the person and uh, one to be fair, we got a 50 percent success rate with that. That's awesome.
0: That's that's a great example, though, too, because when I talk about video messaging, the first thing that people people think of is like, so what am I sending messages to strangers that might look at it and go, who is this? creep that's trying to get into my in my dms you know to use the slang term the kids are using but that's a great example of okay so they know who you are they've already invested in booking a meeting so they're already interested in diving deeper into what you do now you use a video to just build a little rapport and set some expectation and kind of get some excitement before the meeting and it just it leads to better outcomes for everybody right Cause it like accelerates the trust process. Yeah. That's a great example of how video works at every stage of the buyer's journey and the sales Prior process.
2: Prior to videos, I was doing a lot of voice note recording. Um, that's so, another yeah, really love, great way to voice notes for years. And that's a great way as well too, because people will be texting and suddenly I'll be like, you know, I'm really busy. I'll just send them a quick voice note. And then they're yeah. like, Oh, Oh, I can hear your voice. I like this, you know? And yeah, it, yeah, I like that too.
1: And yeah. And that's why
0: sorry, you- go
1: ahead, Tim. Is ways of building, not just rapport, but yeah, you become, you're revealing more about yourself, what you sound like, what you look like, you, mm. your personality can come across in a video yeah. much less ambiguously than it can in an email. So an email, it's very hard to get the tone right, isn't it? True. Yeah. Perceived tone. Yeah. But if you've got a video of somebody there talking to you, Yeah, isn't it? I mean, it's not quite the same as being in the room with them, but it's as people who are watching this will know you, if you haven't ever met me, you've got a pretty good idea what I'm like.
0: Yeah, no. And that's I'm actually doing a deeper dive. So whenever I go down these paths, I kind of end up down a journey of of um, an area that like has nothing directly to do with what I do, but has everything to do with what I do. And one of those areas is like, what is the psychology of like connecting face to face or seeing somebody's eyes, you know, like a human connection. Yeah. Because it's powerful, you know, okay. like there and then also from the the um just the the patterns of how people uh consume information too. So like email email is so entrenched in what we do every day that it's still one of the best ways to stay in touch to follow up that type of thing because people open their emails right but then but then you think about like text messaging so text messaging like and phone calling so like cold calls like we don't even bother anymore what's the point I don't I've never answered my I haven't answered my phone in three years unless it's my <laughs> wife like that's
1: Somebody, it you know Blocker. <laughs> yeah.
0: and I and yeah I'm starting to get used to that of just being like block right like all those 1-800 numbers and stuff but There's a pattern to that, right? And the idea of okay, well, text messaging, well, people respond to texts, but it or text, but eventually, you know, that's a kind of a personal thing, right? So if you go and find somebody's phone number and text them, eh, it's a little odd, right? You use LinkedIn to do it, it's on a permission based platform where people are saying, Yes, I'll connect with you. Now you can send text, you can send an audio, you can send video, and there's pros and cons to each. Video is probably the most uh, demanding of the person to capture their attention. Right. But it's also the most intimate for lack of a better word. Like in the business sense, it's like they get to see you and they get to hear you audio. They get to hear you more than a text text. It's the quickest, but we're also damn busy nowadays. Like, I don't know about you, but I get hundreds of messages a day and that's just on LinkedIn. Like we use a tool called Slack as well for just internal communications and I monitored it the other day and I get 200 notifications a day on Slack. Like it's getting to the point where I'm starting to ignore it, right? Yeah. And these are the, the psychological patterns, the sales triggers that I'm fascinated by about how you can like disrupt the pattern of how people are used to consuming information. And it's why I say like this video messaging, there's a window for this because eventually somebody's going to see this and go, I should try that. And then somebody else will, and somebody else will. And then everybody will be doing it, and then it's not going to be cool anymore. And we'll have to find a new way. Which
2: and is a when lot holograms of holograms will come in. Which, which <laughs> is when
0: holograms <laughs> will come in, yeah. But then, but ultimately, I think what's going to happen with all this is that people will start to realize that they can't rely too much on the technology. Like, you have to go back to uh, networking 101, which is showing up and connecting with people and bringing them an Irish coffee kit that's still how people will do business in the future this is just a way to make sure that you can continue doing business until that's a reality and then there'll always be an adaptation of a little bit of that and a little bit of this going forward right a little bit online a little bit offline yeah. but that's why I, and I joked about it at the start but like the businesses that don't adopt this we will see them like fold in the next year we will because what are you going to do how big were those budgets in the past for companies that sent their entire team to the construction conference?
2: This is an excellent point.
0: Ten people, hotels, flights, okay. yeah, trade show booth worth a hundred grand. Like, what are they doing with that budget now? Are they sitting on it because they don't know what to do?
2: That's excellent point. That's and this makes me super it.
0: excited because yeah. this is obviously what we do. So we know we're at the like cusp of like that. Money's the
1: out there, Trevor
0: the linchpin to helping them understand how to do that and to stress again this there's no push button let me just go hire some agency to do it for me it doesn't work like that you have to train the people and this uh this actually ties into what we were starting we talked about before we hopped on here too which is like how does the company leverage linkedin right the point the the key is don't look at it as an advertising platform and a place to broadcast your stuff empower your people. To build their network, because that is going to always be 10, 10 times more effective than anything that you can do under the logo. The people connect with people, the people do business with people, empower the people on how to use the platform better to network better. That's really what that. it comes down to.
1: Well, that uh, is very insightful, uh, Trevor. It's, I mean, that's always to close. We've been going for about 45 minutes or over time. I want to get told. <laughs> Um, But I mean, I hope all of our listeners, Trevor's the guru, in my opinion, uh, on the whole thing around online networking, marketing, relationship building. uh, And in the last 40 minutes or so, we've had some really great hints and tips. But of course, as Trevor said, it's about training changing behaviors having some systems and processes uh and at the end well i mean trevor what's the best way of people getting hold of you we'll put it in the show notes but uh just say it out there now
0: yeah just search for me on google you'll find lots of ways but um obviously linkedin you know just look my name up trevor turnbull and uh you'll find me on there and you'll find everything about what I do. And, and this LinkedIn Lynchman method guides all linked up there. And I'm a believer that um, information should be free because quite frankly, there's so much information in this world. Like why gate it behind some wall? Um, so I'm, I believe in that like everything we've talked about here and, and the, okay, sounds good. But now what, like I have resources for people to just start doing this stuff because I know that if they do, they get that endorphin rush of like, whoa, this, this is working. And now they wanna to talk to the guy that built the system. So it's, uh, it's a really good model. It's actually something that I encourage other people to do too is like, you know, access to information is so easy now. So whatever you believed was your trade secret before, you should actually, you know, openly share that. Um, within limits, right? Obviously, there's certain things like your guys's business. Eh, there's a few things about what you do, I'm sure, that you want to keep a secret. But same time, educate people, inform them of something that they don't know.
1: That, that's absolutely n- knocks the nail on the head because with the shred business and the R and D business, the sale is about education because yeah, most people don't believe they do. They just don't believe they're doing any. Oh anyway, that's, that's and great. that's
0: why you're doing this podcast, and that's why Sarah's there, obviously to you know lead the charge on content marketing and everything else. You guys are doing all the right things, and um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you about this stuff. We end up going down rabbit holes and good rants and stuff, but I think we got a few good sound bites here today. No, there's
1: some great stuff great, great just, chat with you, Trevor. just for everyone, just remember what value. I personally have had it from Trevor's uh, training because not only did it help me market it, my business in the UK, when we actually met face to face, he gave me an idea for another business, which is why we're in, well, while we are in Canada is exactly because of Trevor and only on the last little call we had last week, I was talking to Trevor about another idea I've got and blow me, he put me in touch with somebody I've had one meeting already there'll be another one this week that's awesome you're the gift that keeps on giving Trevor there you go there's a lot of
0: reciprocity that's that's kicking in here and um that's the name of the game you know networking one done well is just literally how can I add value to that person's life and know that it always comes around it always comes around
1: I love that that's exactly right Well, look, on that note, uh, I'm just going to say thank you very much, Trevor, for your time. I hope as it's probably uh, past 10 o'clock now in the morning that you have a good day today in British Columbia. Uh, And to everyone who's watched this, if you've liked it, please like and what they got to do, subscribe, Sarah.
2: Yeah, like us, subscribe, share it around with anybody who you think would gain some knowledge from this. um, And then make sure you check out Trevor's website and his free content marketing tools.
1: So. Okay, everyone. Thanks again. And we'll see you on the next podcast in a couple of weeks time. So bye. Bye. Thank you. Come
0: to Invent for the highest R&D tax credit you can claim. We help construction businesses get back millions in tax credits every year. Contact us today for a free review. Thanks for joining us this week on the Construction Big Breakfast. Make sure to visit our website, www.invent.com, where you can subscribe to the Construction Big Breakfast on all platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a positive rating. Or if you'd simply share it with a friend, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.